gosh, it's good to be with you today. Uh, I'm so extremely excited for the series we're in because it's been working in me since February. And I wasn't sure when we were going to go there. I wasn't sure when we, you know, the Lord would release it so that we could, you know, when I say release it, just kind of give us the privilege to bring it out. And, and uh, so it's had almost a whole year to kind of stir up and build in me. And, and uh, as we got closer to it about two months ago, we began to work it in and out through the team and, and just all the things that were kind of coming in my heart. And let me be honest with you, I can confuse them majorly when you start spitting stuff out. But they're so great at taking it and just weaving it into something that we can apply and, and, and get in a service like this. But, you know, sometimes you don't realize how much God is working in the lives. And see, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's coming up. He's not, it doesn't catch him off guard. And I had no idea where, uh, maybe, maybe where people were going to be at this time and as a pastor, you, you begin to notice and watch people and watch circumstances. You don't ever want to preach based upon that. You don't want to do it because you're familiar with it. And that's why this was so much, so much better for me, because it started in February. And then when he began to release us, then my eyes, was op- my eyes were open to, man, there's some people that's got some mountains in their life right now. You're not going to have the privilege or privy to know all of that, nor would you want to but especially within the lives of our men. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Probably about two years ago, we saw something similar working in the women of the church. Just they were going through stuff. And God worked us through that, and we began to deal with some family issues, and we began to talk about different family issues from the pulpit, and, and we saw amazing miracles. And now what I've seen is the same thing kind of happened to our men. And I want you to understand something, guys. That you're not meant to tackle these mountains on your own. But listen, 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 listen. There is something about this series to place the authority back into your hands that the devil's tried to take away from you. And the enemy doesn't want you to be able to defeat those mountains that are staring you right in your face. He doesn't want you to stand in the place and the position that you have in the community, on your job, in your workplace, with your family. And you see, it's interesting to note this also. The devil does not own anything. He's the God of this world, but he doesn't own anything of yours unless you give it to him. That's why he's called a thief. He has to steal it. He has to take it away from you. And we have a tendency at times to kind of be moved by our feelings and moved by the sight and by moved by the things that are going on in our life. And that's where he slips in through the door and he begins to maybe uh, get you confused and get you to where you doubt the God that you trust so much. It happens to all of us. And about two weeks ago, I uh, got this text. It was about 10.30 at night, and it's from a good friend of mine, and uh, just a great guy, hardworking guy, got an amazing family, and, and uh, just, you know, I'm, I can't say anything about his name or anything. He does, he came to church here. He got born again through our church. He's not a regular attender, but just a good guy. And, and I got this text from him about 10.30 at night, and it simply said this, I need you. And if this guy's saying, I need you, it, he needs you, okay? So we're on the way home, and, and from, I think, I don't even know where we were coming from, but so I took Pastor Tiffany home, and, and I went right straight to him, and this dude was raging, man. This dude was just losing it in life. He was just giving up. He was quitting. He was just pumped full of adrenaline, pumped full of just 
angry at life. And it's interesting what happens with, uh, the, with God, and, and not, not with God, but with the devil, that it could be one moment, one event that's going on in your life, but it's how it's, the devil works is he'll take that one moment, that one event, and make you see your whole life and think your whole life is a failure. And it's just a moment. It's just an event that you're going through. And that's what had happened to this individual. He, he was thinking, I've been like this. I've, I can never, anybody ever heard this phrase? I can't do anything right. I'm a failure. I I've never been able to do it right. And he started to name different things that happened in his past. And I said, come on, man. We're right here now. This is where we are. We're not worried about that. This is where we are right now. And I was able to lead him back to Jesus. And you see, when you bring Jesus back into your life, you know, we're not talking we're on our knees and confessing. We just, I just loved him. And as I let him get those emotions and get those feelings out and get all those experiences that he was going through out, and, and if you ever do any study how to handle someone that's going off like that, it's best to get out of their way and they'll hurt you. Don't, don't, don't get in their way and let them get it out because eventually that adrenaline will crash and they'll crash and then you got them. You got them ready for the love of God. And that's basically what happened and he's doing great now, doing awesome. My whole point in it just confirmed there's, I can name probably 15 guys right now, 15 men that are walking through very similar things like that. And I'm like, man, God, you're so good. And so we're going to continue on today with this. And, and I think uh, after today, well, you know, I've invited Hannah to come alongside me and help me during this series. And she's going to be teaching you next week. And I've invited you and encouraged you to please do your best to be here. It's four weeks long. This is number two. You've got two more to go. And, and I get it. I know life can get in the way and you can be pulled away. But my gosh, man, if it's just because you want to stay home and you're tired, please get up and get off your rear end and come here. It could be a difference maker for you. And uh, so next week she's going to be teaching on, <clears throat> on the, the Logos word, which is the written word. And then she's going to bring alongside that the Rhema word, which is the spoken word, which is revelation word, which is power that comes alongside the word that's on the inside. You'll need that piece. If, if you just get last week and this week and you get the end, you're going to miss the, almost really the most vital piece to the whole series because you'll start to do things in works. And that's what we want to make sure that as we teach faith and teach this mountain moving faith is that you're not trusting the mechanic and a system. You're trusting the God that's the way maker, but you're also trusting the authority in the name of, the G of Jesus that we know that's in you, living in you, to stand up against any mountain and move it out of your way. Amen. So stand up with me as we honor the word and the scripture this morning. Let's just read the scriptures and give honor where it's due. You don't have to read it with me. I'll read it to you. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 26. This is our text through this whole series. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Verses 25 and 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your, or forgive your trespasses. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We honor the scriptures. We honor the word. We open up our hearts to it. We thank you that today, as we just kind of get some understanding through some things of moving mountains, that uh, we're able to open up our heart, but through the eyes of seeing and the ears of hearing, and that we'll see into the spirit of faith of this, and, and we'll be able to move these mountains out of our way. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. 
So here we are. We're in this series called Mountain Moving Faith. What are mountains? Let me just lead you right back into where we were last week real quickly. Mountains are simply things that are impossible in your life right now, something that you're not able to do anything about, something that's bigger than you, something that's greater than you, something that, how about this, something that you keep doing over and over again and can't figure out why you keep doing it over and over again, but you want to stop and you've not been able to stop. It's a mountain. Mountains are something, it could be physical, it could be mental, it could be spiritual, it could be your marriage, it could be your job, maybe you don't like your employer, maybe he don't like you, maybe, uh, maybe you know, it's uh, whatever it could be, maybe you've got employees and you're trying to figure out how, how to keep them going, you know, it's a weight, it's a pressure to have employees because if you're not careful, you can have a tendency to think that you're their caretaker, God's their caretaker, you're the provider that he uses to do that, I get it, but that can become such a weight because you're thinking, if I don't have work, what are they going to do? They're not your responsibility, they're God's responsibility. So let's move on. That could be a mountain in your life. It could be relationships. Um, it could be addictions. Uh, addictions are, are, are out there today. That could be pornography. That could be drugs. It could be people, you know, in a sense where you need relationships, where you're just so codependent on somebody, and when nobody's around you, you're in fear. Maybe it's just the opposite. You're, you don't want anybody around you. Maybe you are so independent that you're afraid to be around people. Maybe it's something like this, decisions. Maybe you got a one-time decision that's got to be made by tomorrow. Maybe it needed to be made yesterday, and you're still dragging your feet. Why? Because it's too big. It's too much of a mountain, too much cost. I don't know how it's gonna, what it's going to work out to be. Maybe it's something like this, your purpose. Maybe your purpose, you're trying to figure it out like that guy I just talked to you about. He had given up, didn't think he had any purpose in life at all. But what are we going to do? Mountain-moving faith. We want to annihilate these things out of our life. And the reason we're learning how to annihilate it now is because, guess what? There'll probably be another mountain down the road. And, and mountains are going to be part of life. It's what you're going to show up in your life. And I, and I want to be able to know what to do with them when they do show up so they don't rule me and overtake me and keep me from moving forward. How are you going to do that? You're going to do it by faith. But a different kind of faith. It's not faith in yourself. I, I've, I've disappointed myself. I've let myself down. Anybody ever done that before? God will never let you down. It's not who he is. So this is a God kind of faith. And so here's what we talked about last week, just to bring you back up to speed real quick, because we really got to get to some vital things today. But we define what faith is not. And I thought that was very important for us to understand where we're going. And, and you got to go back and listen to the podcast to get the just of that. But there is one I want to remind you of, because it's the thrust behind what we're talking about. What faith is not? Faith is not denial of reality. It's not facing real issues and pretending all is okay. Listen, if you've got a mountain in front of you, all is not okay. But I did say this, that the God kind of faith works every time. Every time. And when it doesn't, we've got to be bold enough to ask some questions why and be able to dig into it a little bit and find it okay. May, but here's the point. We can get to where we start asking the question, why, why didn't it work? And the enemy loves to come in at that moment and make you feel like you're a failure and it was your fault. Maybe it's just the devil. Maybe he's just trying to steal from you. Maybe it's lack of knowledge. Maybe it's something I don't have a revelation of. Maybe I don't have a revelation of the grace of God and how powerful that is. Maybe I don't have a revelation of my righteousness and who I am in God. And that when these things come against me and try to knock me back and take me back, I'm in a place and a position where I yield to that failure instead of yielding to who I am in God. And so that's kind of what we talked about on that, but I wanted to share this with you too. What faith is, again, I'm only going to give you two scriptures. Two scriptures that define faith for us simply are this, 11, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, 
verses 1 and verse 6. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Hence, we just sung the song to feed you along that line. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that, or who diligently seek him. Everybody say diligently. Two statements that Hannah brought to my attention just three weeks ago I thought were very powerful because it sums this up a little bit for us. And I shared them with you last week, and I love it. It says, the beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he says he is. And I love that the end point, she said this statement, this was really good to me. The end point of faith is believing in God's promises. He'll do what he says he will do. And so here's the next thing that we answered. And we said, we asked, he said, but, but the question is, uh, do I have enough faith to overcome this? First of all, listen, we always base our beliefs and our, and our faith and our stand on the scriptures and in the word of God. You, where there's no knowledge of the word of God, you can have no faith in anything if you want to move something out of your way, you got to know what the Scripture says about that thing you're moving out of your way. But the Bible says here very clearly that we have a, a measure of faith given to us, the measure from God, a measure enough. And the Scripture says in Matthew 17, 20, that if you've got uh, faith the size of a mustard seed, which is smaller than a measure, you can move any mountain of impossibility out of your life. And this measure that you got, listen to me, this measure is not your faith. It's God's faith. This is how he thinks. This is how he acts. This is how he talks. This is him. This is his power. And that's what he put in you. And there's enough of God's power of faith in you to move the mountain of impossibility staring at you right now. So it's not a matter of how much. It might be a matter of the quality. In other words, we said that this faith can grow. And that's what you're doing right now. You're sitting in front of me and listening to the scriptures, listening to the, listening to the word, and your faith is growing. That's what's happened just in two weeks. There's an expectancy. Every service, there's more of an expectancy of the next level. That is who you are. Why? Because there's an increase, there's a hearing, there's a faith that comes, there's a spirit that gets behind it, and then all of a sudden you start not seeing your mountain anymore, you just start seeing the God on the other side of the mountain. How about the God sitting on top of the mountain? Let me just give you a scripture for your faith. Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10. Taste and see that the Lord is good, not doing bad things, Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord for you, his godly people. For those who fear him, reverence him, will have all they need. Look at somebody say, I got all I need. <laughs> Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come on now. <laughs> so here's what we want to do today. That's enough review. Yeah, it just gets you pumped. I want to go back to our text, and I want to work our text from the bottom up. You see, usually we come from the top down, believe and speak and say and three times say, and, and, but, it, but you can trust the mechanic of that if you're not careful. And I want to go to the bottom because here so many times what we do is we deal with the outside before we ever think about the inside, and you're only going to defeat this from the inside, not on the outside. And so let's go. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Let's look at our scripture real quick. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Reads this way. 
And whenever you stand praying, let's just stop right there. So that tells me something. I'm doing. I'm praying. I'm talking to God about my mountain. If you're not talking to God about your mountain, it will stay in front of you and it'll get bigger. If you're not communicating to God about it, it's going to stay the same size or get bigger. And by the end of this series, we'll talk to you about how your mountain needs to hear your voice. That's backed up by the voice of God. So here I am. When I stand praying, when I'm talking to God, I'm talking to Him about my mountain. It says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So now this tells me something, that forgiveness is actually connected to my faith, the God kind of faith that's in my life that will move this mountain. I have to talk about it. I have to talk about what forgiveness is, what's being said in this. Because it's very powerful. He said, but if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. It's kind of a, kind of a tough one to think about, but there's always a cutting, there's always an excavating process uh, when you're moving any physical mountain. There's always uh, maybe some work that needs to be done. You've got to get some rocks out of the way. Maybe you need to shovel some dirt out of the way. Maybe you need to, uh, you've got to really kind of get the shovel up under and get the big boulder up out of the way. I don't know. I can't tell you what your mountain is. But every mountain has some sort of excavating and removal of things that are hindering me. Sometimes it's big boulders, sometimes it's big rock, sometimes it's a big pile of dirt. Thank God for Jesus and the blood of Jesus. He's removed all of the dirt out of your life. But if I'm not willing to confront this and look at this, maybe there's something that could be holding me up, and I'll guarantee you that the thing that may trip you up is not the thing that God's doing to you. He's done everything for you. The thing that will trip you up will be the fact that the enemy is looking for any open door to come to your life and remind you of the hiccup, of the mess up, of the rocks, of the dirt, and the rubble to get you so condemned and feel so guilty that you don't feel like you can move a mountain because you don't feel righteous enough. This is not about your righteousness. You are righteous in the sight of God, and nothing will change that. But this is about being willing to dig in and look on the inside of myself and say, okay, God, is there something that could be hindering me? Is there a door open to the enemy? Is there something that, an attitude maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe an atmosphere that I've got around myself, maybe how I've treated people, this is about relationships. Here's what's so powerful. Jesus is letting us know in this verse that if you want to move mountains out of your life, your relationships are important first. If you want to move a mountain out of your life, you're going to need people to come alongside you in that mountain. And forgiveness will keep people out of your life, will keep people in your life. Unforgiveness will keep people out of your life. Here's what this looks like. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. I love this translation. It's the message translation. Investigate my life, oh God. I'm, I'm starting to look within. <laughs> Everybody look at somebody and say, say this with me. Say, have you got a mountain? <laughs> if you've got a mountain, you start here. I've got to look inside. Because that's where the enemy will trip you up the most. It's with guilt and condemnation. And say you're a failure. You're a nobody. You can't do this. You're not going to do this. How are you going to do this? Because of who you are. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. It's interesting, he already knows everything about you. 
cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me along the path of the eternal life or the road of eternal life. Guide me to getting rid of this mountain, God. <laughs> First Peter 5, verse 8, listen to this. Keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil's poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. So I want to wake you up this morning. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, 26. When you stand praying, talking to God, forgive. It's important to him. It's not an option. It's a command. <laughs> yeah, same thing happened first service. Everybody got quiet. <clears throat> so here's what I want to do before I even jump into the, the meat of this. Last week when we came to talking about faith, I, I showed you what faith is not. Remember the one I shared at the beginning of today? I want to do the same thing with forgiveness. I want to show you what forgiveness is not. Because I believe that when we get that kind of understanding, it's kind of confused in the world today, but when we begin to really see what it is not, then when I begin to learn what it is, I'll know how to walk in it. Number one, forgiveness is not condoning behavior. I'm not forgiving you and saying, hey, this is okay, you can continue to do this. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. Sometimes there's a mental image, there's a, vision, there's a video, there's something that went on that happened bad in your life, maybe in your past. And I'm not asking you to try to forget that that happened, but I am saying that that visual, that image can be replaced by an image of who you are in God and replace that in such a way that you just put the clicker on and change the picture that you're looking at and go to a different channel. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. Forgiveness is not restoring trust in someone. No, you've hurt, been hurt. Somebody's hurt you. Trust takes time. It takes rebuilding. And you've got to be willing to walk through that process to rebuild that trust. But forgiving you, that's not what that means. I'm not forgiving you and saying, now I trust you with everything. It might not be the same as it was for a while. It might not ever come back to what it was. Which brings me to this. Forgiveness is not agreeing to reconcile. Now, now, listen, marriage, for marriage, you've got a whole bunch of other truths to confirm that marriage is all about reconciling. Don't go there with me and say, well, just because you hurt me, I ain't got to go back and reconcile. If you're being abused, physically abused, verbally abused, we need to talk about it. You don't need to stay there. Come in and get some counsel, but the ultimate goal will always be total restoration and reconciling when it comes to marriage. But when it comes to basic relationships, he's not a, you don't have to get to this place where you've got to be my best friend again. But I do got to let you go of what the hurt is or the pain is. Forgiveness is not agreeing to reconcile. I like this one. Forgiveness is not doing the person a favor. No, forgiveness is you being obedient to God and let God deal with the person. You got to deal with you. You got to come to this place where, okay, God, I'm just walking the word. And ultimately, I wrote this down that forgiveness is not easy. If it was, we would be in a lot better shape than we are. That's why we needed Jesus, because forgiveness wasn't going to be easy. That's why you need the Savior. You need someone to step into your life to take you to a different level so you're not trusting yourself and your own ability to do the things that only He can do in your life. And it's through the righteousness and the grace of God that redeems you and brings you back to this place of total restoration in Him. But people are going to forget you. People are going to let you down. People are going to not, not really treat you just like Jesus. So we've got to, we, to be honest with you, we deal with people a lot more than we deal with Jesus. Why? Because we can't see Jesus. He's not physically there all the time. But you are sitting right next to somebody, and if that person hurts me and offends me, what am I supposed to do about that? 
And if I'm going to walk in the love of God, I've got to be willing to walk in the love of God and walk in forgiveness because here's why. Faith will not work in an unforgiving atmosphere. Forgiveness isn't an emotion. It's an act of your will. It's a choice that you make. Now, the biblical definition of the word forgiveness, let's talk about it real quick. To forfeit any right to hold a person captive to a previous commitment or a wrong he has committed. Guys, you're going to encounter people every single day that are going to do you wrong, they are going to treat you wrong, they're going to say what you don't want them to say, and going to say bad things to you maybe, or maybe you're that person. Every day this is what you're going to confront. It's called life. It's called how we live in life. There's an evil world out there. There's a bad world out there, but there's a really good world too. And you just happen to be a part of that really good world of, the, of, of an example of Christ. And if we can't do this, how can we ever expect to be a witness for the kingdom of God if I'm walking and looking just like them? And I'm bickering and complaining and being judgmental and, and being critical and being bitter. And, and, you know, when someone is living like that, it's very prevalent. It's very apparent because the scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, that's what you will be speaking. And so if you're bitter and critical and, and have an ill heart on the inside of you, we've got to deal with the inside if you ever want to think you're going to move that mountain. The opposite of unforgiveness is forgiveness, and it's in its highest form of action. Forgiveness is the same love and grace that God offered to you. And if you're not willing to offer it to someone else, you'll struggle moving some of these mountains. Now listen, Galatians 5, 6 says that faith, the God kind of faith, love is shed abroad in your heart. The Bible says that faith worketh by this love. Romans 5, 5, this love is shed abroad in your heart. So in other words, if I want my faith to work, I've got to be willing to maybe find out what love looks like. Because they're one and the same. They're, you can't love without forgiveness. You can't forgive without love. Because they're synonymous in their action, they're synonymous in their nature, they're synonymous in, in their actual, uh, of what they are, because they're God both. <laughs> God is love is what the scripture says in 1 John, go read it for yourself, chapter 5. The Bible says that God is love, and if I confess that I know God, and I love God, but I don't offer this to someone else, there's no way you know God, because that love is not active and working in your life. But the Bible says that that love that was a measure of faith that's in you, <laughs> that measure that's enough to move any mountain out of your life, that seed is enough that's shed abroad in your heart to be able to do this thing called walk in forgiveness and create an atmosphere around you that when people get around you, they feel and know and sense that, hey, you're not condemning and making them feel guilty. You're not that person that no one wants to be around. No, you're attracting them because there's something oozing out of you. It's called the love of God. So, all of that to say, we got to look at what this looks like. Because it's directly connected to my faith. I need to define it in such a way, and you can only do that through the Scriptures. You can only do that by, uh, I guess you can define it in other ways, but the best way is to allow the Scriptures to define how does this act, what does it look like, what's it going to mean for me, how am I going to do this every day, because, hey, he's telling me I can Colossians 3, 13 through 15. You ready? Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. There's no wavering there. Let me just let you off the hook. Look at somebody and say, you really offended me today. <laughs> now, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
<laughs> Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Love and forgiveness are synonymous in their action and who they are. Clothe yourself. In other words, it, it, clothe means I, I got to actually put this on. <laughs> Even when I don't feel it. <laughs> Even when I don't see it. You're not going to feel it. You're not going to necessarily see it. You're going to have to make an effort to allow forgiveness and love to work. (laughs) Okay. So, if I take all of that the past 18 minutes plus, and I put it into one little package... What ultimately is being said in Mark chapter 11, the last two verses that we read you, is really saying that my relationships are something that are vital and really important in moving this mountain. And so when I think about the relationship side of it, it took me right to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, if you want to go there with me. Let's talk about how. So if there's excavating to take place, if, if, I've, if I've got this great big boulders and mountains in front of me, and I'm not going to allow bitterness and things to take over me anymore, let me, listen to what Ephesians simply says. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Okay? Uh, it's heavy. No option. It says, get rid of it. Don't allow it. Don't become it. Did you know bitterness is something you become? It's not just who you are. You choose to become bitter. And people will make you bitter. People that hurt you will make you bitter. Life will make you bitter. Having no money will make you bitter. Because you're trusting yourself to get it. Huh? What the person has down the road. Better and more than you can make you bitter. And the Bible says, get rid of it. Don't allow bitterness to seep into your life because it's opposite of forgiveness you're going to see. It's opposite of the love of God. It will stop your mountain from being moved. i got to look in. Okay? Uh, How about rage? I can't have it. And if you've got a problem with raging, you've got to get inward and find out why. Because it'll keep that mountain from being removed. Rage is something that I have definitely had to deal with. Can you tell by the sound of that? I'm good at that. Now the next one he says that I've got to deal with, he says I've got to get rid of is what? Anger. anger. Now I'm going to give you some grace there in a little bit, but right now there's not a whole lot of grace with your anger. And if you've got anger working in your life, inwardly, it's an inward problem that needs to be dealt with. It will be the thing that will keep your mountain from being removed because the devil will make sure to bring that back up to you when you really need to speak to your mountain. He'll make you feel guilty because you just went off and flew off at the handle night before last at your mother, at your, mo- at your dad, at your mom, at your <clears throat> spouse, at your kids. What's that step there? I had a temptation to get really, really angry last night. And I let some of it come out. This rage and this anger, it doesn't take long. And I'm, I've got victory over this. I really do. I have strong victory over rage and anger. 
But every now and then it starts to slip up a little bit and I've got to realize that I have to get rid of that and I, I start by repentance and I say, nope, I'm turning from that. That's not who I'm going. Nope, 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 nope. That's not who I am. I walk in the love of God. I love all people. I don't like them right now, but I love them. And this is a big one. This is one that, for some reason, we, we let go too much. Harsh words can keep your mountain from being removed. If you want that mountain to move, you, in, in the abundance of your heart, I wouldn't be speaking harsh words because it ain't going to go nowhere. It's just going to build on it make it bigger. I want the mountain to go, so I want to learn what words are, are not harsh. Why do we treat people so bad? Why are we so harsh with someone? Because something inward, inward in you is, is hurt, maybe. And it's got to be worked on. And, and, and again, can you understand that it's only Jesus that can really work these things. And you might need good people that know how to work through this, that have been in this, that have an understanding. You, you're going to need people to come alongside you and maybe help you with that. And then when you allow all of these emotions and all of these atmospheres and attitudes to continue to be who you are, you're going to lose people. And it might just be the very people that will dig the mountain with you. Oh, okay, here's another one. How about slander? Huh? Why do we feel the freedom to, to get on Facebook and hide behind a picture and a computer so that I can slander someone just so you can make yourself look better? And we all know that you're just as bad, if not worse. But you choose to believe the Facebook picture to, to create something that you know is, needs to be dealt with. And we're slandering people all day. And the Bible says that you, you better get used to it. People are going to be in your life forever. And you're going to have mountains show up all the time. And some mountains will take you in. Some mountains will take you down. If this is there, you're going down. Most importantly, when these things are allowed in your life, physically, it's physically proven it will kill you. So let's just pick up one more because this is worth two, I think. <laughs> just in case you didn't get it all. This is a big dog. This is two blocks. Twice as heavy. Why is it twice as heavy? Because it's followed up by the word all means get rid of all evil. Now you know why you need Jesus. Because you can't do that on your own. You're going to need people in your life, and the devil knows that. And if he can get you with all of these atmospheres and all of these attitudes and all of these ways working in you, and he's subtle how he does it. He gets you home when one little bickering word comes out of your mouth. Glitch you home, one little complaint comes about, hey, maybe something happened to church you were disapproving of, and, and that's why we're doing all those song services to meet all your needs and get it over with, so we've <laughs> sung all your songs. <laughs> but we're not singing the songs you like. After this Sunday's going to be awesome because you ain't got no excuse after that. If you didn't submit something, it's your fault. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you only have a certain amount of time in church. 
they always say second service, you start to get a little bit more punchy. I don't know why, but <laughs> no. Instead, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. There's one thing I've learned over the just a few years in this thing called ministry. I've needed people all along the way. And the ones that aren't there, the ones that my mouth got in the way, said things I shouldn't. You know, it's interesting, and I've got a couple more things I want to share with you. Um, if you just give me about five, six more minutes here. Um, John Powers came up and confessed to me here first service. He says, you know, it was so true what you were saying. He says, because we were playing sports and playing a baseball game or something, and I, I was listening. I got the just of it, so I probably had the story a little bit twisted. But he said that this, things weren't going right. Coach and coach was just coaching wrong in the baseball. At least he thought. So he went off and gave him a piece of his mind and his mouth. And and matter of fact, this this coach, I keep tripping over that one spot. And this coach actually is going to be in his son's going to be in his son's wedding. But he went off on him one day, and he got convicted and. God condemned and had enough love in him to go back to him at some point and ask him for forgiveness. And, and the man says, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget what you said. What does that mean? John says, every time I see him, I get the picture of what I said. And I know that that man, I've let, he forgave me and let me go. But I hurt him that day. And I let my emotions get a hold of me. And these are all really emotions and attitudes that we've got to stop embracing. If I want that mountain to move, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God in everything you do because you're his children. Live a life filled with love. Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. I love this out of the message. It's so powerful. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. That's what it says. Love never gives up, cares more for others than self, doesn't want what it doesn't have, doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off at the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel in, when others grovel. You ought to do a study on that, it'll set you free. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trust God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps on going to the end. And other translation says it never fails. And I have to share this, and then I'll let you go. I know when we start talking about the subject of forgiveness, it's weeks of a series. I had 25, 30 minutes with you. And when you're talking it and teaching it, it just it happens. It just wells up in the side of you. You know that somebody is sitting out there, and this is a tough thing for them to accept because it's the very mountain that they have to go over of forgiving somebody that hurt them very bad. There's bad people in the world. There's mean people in this world that do mean things and bad things to people. Sometimes forgiveness is not an immediate event, but it is a process. And you're making a choice today to allow that process to begin. Allow God to work on the inside of your heart so that you can move forward instead of allowing whoever, whatever, whatever it was that held you in the bondage. They're not holding you in the bondage anymore. You're not in the bondage because now you know who you are in God. You can't remove the video necessarily right now, but you can switch the channel that you're looking at. Moving forward. 
And I told you I'd give you a little bit of grace to be able to be angry. I'm going to give you a scripture for it. But it's about that much. Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. But don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. Don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. What are we saying today? We simply want to begin trusting God to work in us and in our hearts that needs to be done so that we can move these mountains. Forgive. It's a commandment connected to your faith to move that mountain. Stand up with me. Pastor Tiffany. While she's coming, David, come up here. Miles, come on. Sheed, come on. Come on up here, buddy. This is so important to God, your relationships. You try to deal with this mountain by yourself, you got a lot of work ahead of you. And you just might not make it. You might be tempted to stay with it. I need somebody that's got a sledgehammer in here. I need somebody that's got a shovel to come alongside me and help me move this mountain and all of this stuff. Maybe I need to confess it to somebody. Maybe I need to be in a small group that starts up here in September so that I can begin to work on these places in my life so that Waymaker, Promise Keeper, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by the things I see. And I'm not moving this stuff by myself anymore. I'm not allowing it to keep me from moving my mountain. I'm going to make sure my relationships are vital in my life.